This episode is brought to you by Plus 7 Intelligence, a podcast about how games impact people and influence our lives in surprising ways. You can find Plus 7 Intelligence in your favorite podcast directory. Welcome to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network, where a psychology and gaming show. My name is Josue Cardona with Kelly Dunlap. What's up, Kelly? Uh, not much. Not much. Excited for uh, the topic that we're diving into today. Uh, we're in the middle of E3. We just, uh, or I just saw the Nintendo Direct and there was one particular game that I was that I was really looking forward to, and that is Super Smash Brothers. And they spent most of the time of their of their presentation on that one game. And every single thing that I ever wanted from that game is there. And this never happens. And that's kind of the point of this episode, because <laughs> in gaming there are lots of things that we want, there are a lot of things that we expect, and. That's rarely the case, but this is like what just happened with Super Smash Brothers has blown my mind. I'm still I'm still trying to recover, and uh, there are lots of games, especially games that um, are pretty popular right now, that a lot of people are angry at because they they either want something from it or they have an expectation, and that's that's not how it works out. So I feel this this is now almost the Christmas special, Hostway's Christmas special. It's all all your hopes and dreams might might be coming true. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like E3 is my Christmas. And then this particular game, like every single thing I could have wanted is is there. Uh, and I know you've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves. And I've heard people complain about how, oh, there's nothing to do in that game. And it reminded me a lot of No Man's Sky, a game that got so much hate online and is one of my favorite games ever. And we did a whole episode of Headshots on, on that one time on on the game once and really the, the takeaway from that episode is like if if you knew what you were getting into ahead of time you you would have had a good time <laughs> but if you go in expecting something completely different that is uh it's usually a recipe for at least dissatisfaction possibly disaster and it, it's so tough because i've been wrestling with this idea of you know, is it is it that the expectations are ill put and people are like taking the information they're given and reacting to it? Or are people reading into their own um, projecting their own desires onto something? And then when it doesn't leave, live up to that, they become disappointed. Uh, my guess is probably a little bit of both. You know, it's, it's perfect that we're talking about this at, at E3 because E3 is all about getting that hype wagon going, getting people hyped up and, and stoked for these games, which obviously is important because you want to drive pre-sales and you want to get people um, excited about these titles. But at, at the same time, it almost feels like there's this sense of, can anybody actually deliver? Can anybody actually give you the experience that, that can live up to the hype? And so I, I think this is going to be a great dive into, you know, just hype culture and expectation setting and and figuring out i i'm hoping that we walk away from this podcast all agreeing that uh some games are better suited to some people and not every game has to be uh for you and i think two ideas that will probably mix up along the way and not as in like we'll get them wrong it's just that we'll talk about them both in a way that, that it might not sound clear which of the two we're talking about but I think it's want and expectation because I think there's they're two separate things but the way we're going to talk about it like they're going to overlap a lot because I can want something to happen but it's it's different like it goes a little further when I start expecting that desire to come true and it doesn't 
And I, I think it's really important to make that s- distinction because there's nothing wrong with wanting stuff. Like we all want stuff, but emotionally, want and expectation in particular is a source of so much uh, turmoil, so much anger, and so much sadness comes just from the fact that things aren't the way you want them to be. And I would say, and I'm not sure if I'm getting my my uh, my education right here, uh, particularly in my in my theoretical orientation. But I think that like when you have an expectation and it doesn't come through, come true, it's it leads it can lead to to sadness. And then when you want something a certain way and it isn't that way, that's anger. Right? That's like because it, it doesn't you don't want it that way. It, it's a little more complicated, but I'm trying to simplify it for the for the uh, purpose of this conversation. I experience it the opposite way. So really? chalk it up to theoretical orientation or, or whatever you want to, um, to how to see it. Like if I want something and I don't get it, I'm disappointed. Like I want a puppy on Christmas morning, um, and when I don't get one, I'm I'm kind of sad about it. And whereas expectation is, that means that I, I, I hate to use the word in the definition, but I'm, I'm expecting it to be there. I have been led to believe for some reason that X is going to be there. And if it is not, then I feel um, a sense of, of betrayal, perhaps, mm-hmm. or something like something that was supposed to happen didn't. So not mm-hmm. that I just wanted it to, ha- to happen necessarily, but that it was supposed to be there. I was told it would be there and then they took it away. And I think that's where, at least in my experience, that's where the anger comes from. It's like, it's like getting duped. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I feel sadness because it's like, uh, like I felt like I had it because I expected it and I wanted it there. And then I, I lost it when it wasn't actually there. So maybe there's like a sense of loss. But the truth is, this is uh, something that different people will feel in different ways, particularly in video games. Um, Many people just feel it in angry comments. Um, Some people feel it more emotionally. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Well, I'm I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. So I I definitely wanted to talk about Sea of Thieves, if that's cool with you to kind of start there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've been pirating it up. So I'm your Sea of Thieves expert. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so have you like as someone who is enjoying the game right now right and yes. is playing it all the time do you like do you hear any of the criticism that is that is going around i mean i hear a lot of the criticism you know when i was watching the xbox briefing and they showed two new sea of thieves expansions i had the chat box open i was streaming it on mixer and i had the chat box open because i couldn't figure out how to close it otherwise i would have definitely closed it um, but I kept seeing comments like, oh, 15 more minutes of content and, you know, oh, look, it's no man's sea and like all those kinds of, of I, uh, those kinds of things. And then just generally in the Sea of Thieves forums that I visit and on the Sea of Thieves Reddit that I sometimes visit, there are a lot of people critical of, well, there's there's nothing to do. There's actually a really great uh, podcast from a, a month or two ago that I think the that Polygon did where they were reviewing Sea of Thieves and they had the exact same takeaways that the first 10 hours are great, but after that, there's nothing to do. I disagree with that, but I can also totally understand where people are are coming from. So I think it really depends on your perspective. Um, like if you're coming from a background, say like a World of Warcraft or some kind of game where there's content continually being turned out. There's always another chapter. There's always another mission. Um, I can see this being a letdown because Sea of Thieves is comprised basically of three main, can't even call them quest lines, but three main tasks. You can collect gold, you can collect chickens um, with the Merchant Alliance, or you can collect skulls for the Order of Souls. And, you know, the more you progress in those certain areas, you know, the more 
complex and interesting the quests get, but I can see people being upset that they can't do more things uh, in that world. So, for example, if you were, I don't know, playing Destiny, there's arguably more things in, that you can do in, again, a game like a World of Warcraft or in any MMORPG. There's almost infinite things for you to do, and they all tend to be different from one another. And that is that is not the experience of Sea of Thieves. So, I mean, it's ironic that a game like, I don't know, Overwatch, for example, there's literally, like, there's one giant game mode, right? It's like you're, you're always playing adversarial multiplayer, right? You're always battling another team. And a lot of PvP is is just that, right? You have a, a set of maps and you're doing the same thing over and over again. And people don't complain there because that's what they want. That's what they were looking for. And I'm curious, how did people, like how do people that are disappointed in Sea of Thieves, how did they get there? Because when I was uh, following the, the previews and all the coverage, I was super excited. Rare is finally making a game that's not a Kinect game. It's pirates, or, you know, like I'm still high off of... Uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I loved all that ship stuff. We haven't really had a game like that. So we're going to get Sea of Thieves. But from the very beginning, there wasn't like a huge campaign that was advertised. It wasn't an MMO. And all the previews, everybody that played it said, you know, I can see this as being something really fun that you do with a group of friends. You go out for a little bit and you do these tasks. And, and that's it. It's like a, a, a playground where you go with your friends. Like if you have a good group of friends to, to go be a pirate with, you're going to have a good time. If you're alone and want like a, a 30 hour campaign, this is not what you're getting. And that was like super clear for me. I don't understand how people like wh- where do people get that other side from? Yeah, I don't I don't know where along the line people got it twisted. I mean, even because this had an open beta, too. And so mm-hmm. you know, yeah. people had a, a good experience of what this game was and the content might if I had to guess, I would say that it is if you had put this game maybe five years ago, I don't think you, we would be having this conversation. But there has been such a um, prominent string of games that have launched half baked that you know didn't have a lot of content in them, and that the content came over time. And it, it seems to be kind of this model that the industry is is testing out. I know that was my experience with the first Destiny is that I got in there and I'm like, there's nothing to do. Like I did the campaign, now there's nothing. At least in my mind, that came from, okay, it's Bungie. This is going to be like a Halo thing. There's always going to be something to do, some kind of th- something exciting. And so that was, again, my own my own perception of it. Um, but then, yeah, so you have like Destiny got a lot of feedback on that. No Man's Sky, which we're going to talk about, um, also got a ton of feedback like that as well. And so I think it's probably equal parts people are coming in with the perception of what they want in a game. They've gotten used to, uh, you know, lots of action and lots of, uh, like, chaotic, uh, ever-changing, dynamic kind of games, which is why I think something like Fortnite and PUBG are really popular because there's that high adrenaline content to it. And, you know, maybe that is the best way to describe Sea of Thieves and maybe a No Man's Sky is that there's not a high adrenaline content. Not that there can't be adrenaline-inducing moments, because let me tell you, when I'm sailing a ship and I have five gold skulls or villainous skulls and I've got a galleon chasing me down and I'm tacking into the wind, literally driving myself through a storm in hopes of throwing them off, like there is adrenaline, don't don't get me wrong. But I would say probably about 80% of the time in Sea of Thieves, it is... It is like flat in terms of, you know, the cortisol or adrenaline spiking. It's very much a, a very chill game in, in that context. 
where if you were to compare it to something like a Halo multiplayer, you know, there is you're you're getting into an engagement every five seconds, every every ten seconds. And if it's longer than ten seconds, you're wondering where people are. But I have played the other day I was playing solo. I played for almost two hours and I never saw another ship. Doesn't mean they're not out there, but like you can go through a long time expanses and not actually have any kind of player v player interaction, which I love. And I I wish there was a mode where I didn't have to deal with griefers and trolls and crap like that. That aside, I, I think that's kind of where it comes from is if you're expecting something that is chaotic and, and adrenaline um, inducing, and then you get something that is not, you're going to be disappointed. And if you feel like for whatever reason, whether it's your own uh, internal perceptions or the way that the game was marketed, feel like that is incorrect uh, and not not the experience that you were promised, then I think you start to have people um, complaining, especially if it ties into the larger zeitgeist around games shipping broken, shipping half-fixed, all the controversy around having to pay $60 for a game that's not complete and having to pay for DLC. And it just all feels so wrapped up in that kind of context. I think you touched on a lot of what is probably behind what a lot of people feel, particularly with Sea of Thieves. But you said something that uh, I want I want to ask you about. You said you played Destiny and you knew it was Bungie. You love Halo. So yes. you played Destiny and then you finished the campaign, but you said you felt like there was nothing to do. Like, how is that different from a Halo game has a campaign and then it has multiplayer? So it's been a while since I've played Destiny, <laughs> um, but okay. I'm going to try and in the, go in the way back machine here. I remember the feeling of walking around and feeling like there wasn't really anything for me to do. And thinking about it now, my guess is that it was probably more of a lack of structured things to do. Um, You know, Halo is very much on rails. The campaign is on rails, and you really can't deviate from it. Even multiplayer, to an extent, is on rails. Destiny is much more open-worldy, in my experience. And I, I guess as a contrast, like when I play Skyrim, I like go first for the guilds that's i do the main storyline and i do the guild storylines because left to an open world i feel i feel like overwhelmed and like there's too many choices and i i I don't know what to do and so i just don't do it and so i'm wondering if part of destiny was that i don't think there was a ton of content there the campaign itself was kind of iffy in my opinion but i also wonder if it was just the less structured environment that either i wasn't expecting or i'm not used to and so i was kind of i felt like i was left drifting in the wind wondering well what should i do next i don't i don't even know where to go next and i've been here like five times what what do i do and i feel like that was probably a large part of what turned me off of it too so this is funny because so you you come at it thinking this is going to be another halo right and then you don't get a super uh, meaty campaign. So when your campaign is done, you're like, but like, where's the rest of my campaign? Where's the rest of yeah. my structured thing, right? <laughs> so so you're coming at it from Halo. When I went into Destiny, I came in thinking, this is my next Borderlands. And my experience with Borderlands was four-player co-op, first-person shooter in a in like huge open space, right? With lots of missions and things to do. So when I played Destiny, I played hundreds of hours of the original Destiny with my friends. And it was, I don't think I've ever played a game for, for as long as I, I played Destiny. But that, but you see, like we came at it from com- with completely different expectations and very, 
and like I understand both of them. Like these are the people that made Halo. You know, like this is gonna be another game like Halo. And I'm thinking that game looks a lot like Borderlands. I want a game like Borderlands. It's like uh, now that Anthem is coming out. When I see Anthem, I see Destiny. You know, I see like a, a different Destiny. And if that game ends up not being like Destiny, I I already know I'm gonna be disappointed because I expect <laughs> a Destiny uh, in there. Yeah, it's it's funny how we bring ourselves with us into the games that we are we're interested in. And I've been having some really great conversations with my coworkers about, you know, E3 and how all the games that I'm excited for and they they tend to be very like Kelly style games and I I had a coworker tell me that she just wasn't excited about anything. And I just thought that was so odd. Um but then, you know, I kind of take a look at again, I'm just talking about the Xbox presser at this point, but you know, most of the games that were put out were a certain style and a certain aesthetic and appealed to a certain audience. And I I do wonder how much of the, you know, oh, it's it's Halo, but X, or it's it's the next Destiny, it's Borderlands meets Destiny. Like how how steeped are we in our, our gaming conventions that we just start putting things together? And then when they fall short of those expectations what how how do we how do we manage that how do we process that and and I, I don't even know if it's a good or a bad thing like on one hand if it met my expectations i would almost be disappointed i guess which is kind of counterintuitive because i like to think that the people working on these games are are more creative than i am and they they can come up with more interesting ways to do things than i can think of and so if i got something exactly as i was expecting i do feel like there would be a sense of letdown of oh well well that's it okay i have news for you overcooked 2 was just announced on the nintendo <gasps> conference and it has online multiplayer oh yeah see excitement see i like that hype <laughs> but yeah there are a lot of games that you look at them uh you know you're watching e3 a lot of games you're probably not excited about and 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 i get that and then there are other games that you you get super excited about how do you how do you handle that i don't know like to me a lot of this has to do with I'm so steeped into the culture that by the time a game comes out, I've probably read and watched and listened to hours of coverage. So games never really catch me by surprise. I understand if someone buys uh, Call of Duty every year and they don't really know anything about it other than, you know, there's a new Call of Duty and then the new Call of Duty is a third person romance simulator or something oh they would riot they would yeah yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. they would burn activision to the ground and (laughs) and so i i get i get that part of it right but i don't like why are people so angry about something that maybe they didn't care so much about to begin with i don't know if that's fair maybe that's also the point though um because i'm thinking about the examples that we've brought up you know sea of thieves and no man's sky in particular these are our original titles like there's so halo 6 i'm sorry halo infinite was announced i just heard that overcooked 2 was announced and i instantly have expectations for what those games are going to have they're not going to be perfect and i'm sure there's going to be things that have changed and different and evolved which is fine but if you think about a game like okay it's no man's sky and it has infinite worlds i don't think people really know what to think of that. I don't think they necessarily understand what that means, especially compared to something like, oh, it's the next Halo, it's the next Overcooked, it's the next Destiny. So maybe part of the difficulty with expectations is that 
they just they don't have any anything to reference. They don't have anything to to cross it against. Our sponsor for this episode is the Plus 7 Intelligence podcast hosted by Chess Hall. It's a podcast about how games impact people and how the games we play influence our lives in surprising ways. Chess promises it is sure to challenge what you think you know about video games. He interviewed me a while back in season one, and he'll be interviewing some names you may recognize from this show in season two, which launches June 11th. The second season starts off talking to medical doctors, psychologists, and game designers in a series on games and mental health in which you'll cover everything from gaming addiction to how games can be used to treat mental health. Later on in the season, he'll be talking about how games are revolutionizing education and how they impact society at large. You can listen to and subscribe to all episodes of Plus 7 Intelligence on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite podcast directory. Again, it's Plus 7 Intelligence. Make sure to spell it all out when you're searching for it. P-L-U-S space the number 7 space intelligence. And make sure to tell Chess that you heard about the show here on the Geek Therapy Network. Now, whenever this uh, conversation comes up about No Man's Sky, a lot of people like to bring up that Sean Murray, the the guy who uh, is in charge of the company that made the game, Hello Games, uh, that he lied about the game, right? People accuse him of lying. And again, as someone who was like really invested, who, on the first trailer, it blew my mind. I love the music. I love the visuals. And when you talked about that adrenaline spike in Sea of Thieves, for me, every single time that you leave one planet and land on another, and it seems like you're literally lifting off of a planet and then you see a planet really far away and you fly all the way to it and you land on it anywhere on the planet. Still, that is so, so satisfying for me. It was like this dream fulfillment, right? It's lifelong dream fulfillment, something that I'll never be able to do in real life. Even if we do leave this planet, like it won't be so easy to just pick up and go <laughs> from one planet to another. That is so, so cool. But that's not what the whole game is. But that's what got me hooked. So then I started paying attention, started, um, and I listened to him talk. But it's like people like to make reference to things like, oh, he said that the game was going to have multiplayer. It's like, well, he sort of did. He sort of said like he would like for it to eventually have multiplayer. And technically mm. it still doesn't. But he never said it would be there day one, you know? And it's like, oh, the trailer lied. It's like, well... Lots of trailers lie, <laughs> you know, so many of them do. And in general, like a lot of that experience that you're seeing there, you may never have the same way because you may never be as good or like the, the bill changes. Like, there's all these reasons for it. And I have theories to why I think like No Man's Sky in particular or him in particular, Shamir in particular, got so much hate online for it. But it's still I still come down to, well, I I learned about it and then was what I thought it was because I, I did my research beforehand. Um, I think a game like when we talked about Hellblade, I remember I was so excited to play that game and then I played it and I didn't enjoy it. But I wasn't angry because I didn't have, I wanted to enjoy it, but I didn't have an expectation that it was going to blow my mind. All I knew about it was that it was this very beautiful game about someone struggling with a mental illness and how and you're seeing the world through her eyes and there's some you know mythology there and stuff like that but like i didn't have enough information for me to think that that was going to be my favorite game of all time you know like i don't i don't know how people make the jump i'm trying to think of examples of where i where i have been disappointed so i have i have examples of being disappointed but i don't think i've ever been mad so hmm. My example of being disappointed was it's, it's like incredibly, incredibly niche and specific. So it was with um, like Halo 5 and it didn't launch with Griffball. 
and which is difficult when you run a griffball community. Very few and people have uh, this problem. Very few, very few people <laughs> can relate. So, yeah. <laughs> and then, but even beyond that, the tools in order to make griffball work, like, uh, were glitched. They were broken, and so we couldn't even play it in our own way. Like, it's not we we didn't necessarily we weren't expecting three four three to necessarily support it right out the gate, but we were expecting the tools to make it ourselves. And then those tools were broken. And it took them like, I think almost six to eight months to fix. And that was a huge problem. And that caused a lot of anger. And so maybe in that case, I was, I was frustrated. I was probably irritated. I might've been approaching angry. It was more, it was more the situation than like the game itself. Like I, I wish this wasn't broken. I'm frustrated because this is broken, not because this game is not what I want. Halo is a great example because you're talking about Halo 5. You had four games before that to like kind of get stuff right. Or you, you, you've, you're you already so used to it. Like, okay, here's a new one. Then we're going to have this when we start. And I know a lot of people complain in the campaign. Like they didn't want to play as Locke. Don't want to play as Master Chief. They don't want to see Locke anymore. Okay, I get it. Like you never played. Well, you played as an Arbiter before, right? But like you, people only wanted to play as Master Chief. I understand that. But like what you're saying, it's true. Like all these tools, all these things that were there before, why aren't they there now? And that was like a really bad year for for Halo fans because yeah, when we got the Master Chief Collection, like that thing just didn't work. These oh. are games. These are. This is like a celebration of all the greatest games, and still, like still, <laughs> they're hey, things. too soon. Too yeah. soon. Yeah. <laughs> and so there is a huge expectation. It's like, is a re-release of this first game and it's got all the, okay. And you re-released it before and it worked because we played the special edition of number one, but like the whole package and everything, it just, you released it and it didn't work. That, that I can, that I remember being a little bit angry about because like, why, why release it? You know, like, I think we're, we're talking about the different type of expectations, but I don't think that the expectation of wanting something to work Right, wanting the tools to to create Griffball to work, I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation. Man, gamers are gamers are needy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect way of saying it: is that when you buy something, you expect it to work, whether it is a game or an appliance or an app. And if it doesn't, you know, you I think, and justifiably so, have a right to be upset. Not like going on a spewing hate-filled like death threat rant on twitter or anything but you have a right to to be upset and you know either request your money back or have some kind of compensation because there is this idea that if you buy something it should work um and i don't think that's unreasonable i think it starts to bleed though when you take that expectation of it should work and then you start adding things and it should have x and it should have y and if it doesn't then it's a failure yeah, don't should yourself. Uh, that um, yeah. that always causes <laughs> clinician talk. Yep, 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 yep. Um, speaking of clinicians, I was uh, reading up on an expectation and a few different things, and I was remembering Piaget's magical thinking, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that children like they see things in the world and they actually believe that they can will things into existence, you know. And I think that. I feel like a lot of this is what's happening. Like maybe according to him, uh, we outgrow magical thinking when we're seven, but maybe like there's a gamer part of us that doesn't. And like, we, we really think that if, see now this is, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, there's going to be an exception here, but I really hoped that when smash brothers was announced today, that they would say every single character that has ever been in smash brothers, including snake from metal gear solid is going to be in this game. 
And then they start showing all the characters. And when they show Snake, they literally said across the screen, everyone is here. Every single player that we've ever had in the series is here. That's They announced like 67 characters, if I counted correctly. Jeez. What is that? Like, I actually got what I wanted. <laughs> but that is, this is an exception to the rule. I've never felt like this as a gamer. I've never gone into a thing and it had everything I wanted. But I, but I was hoping really hard that that was the case. <laughs> oh man, so hard. Yeah, there, there is that, you know, when your expectation comes, or rather when your wish comes true, when your want comes true, it does have very much that Christmas morning kind of feel that you, you got that puppy, you got what you were hoping for. Um, but it's... But you didn't make it happen, just no, to be clear. No, you didn't. You just, yeah, no, this is the wishful <laughs> thinking of, you know. Yeah. Um, although I, I do think some people honestly believe that through their sheer force of will and complaining that they can shift franchises. And I, I think that's why you see people on the forums, not just giving feedback because giving feedback is great. And I'm, the developers in, enjoy critical, constructive feedback. But when someone says, oh, you know, this game is garbage. Like I was watching the Gears of War announcement and, uh, you know, when it became clear that Kate would be the the lead the main player, like the chat box just lit up with people who were just so pissed and vitriolic about, you know, having a woman in the lead and how she's so dumb and all that other kind of stuff. And it's like, really? Come on. I, like, you should have watched it on the Geek Therapy Twitch. It was it was all great. We were celebrating that when that oh, happened. Yeah. No, I, I didn't even think about it. I was on Mixer and I was... <sighs> missed opportunity. <laughs> missed opportunity. Well, and this is actually another great example. Like we've been talking on um, GT Radio and in the community about how about representation at E3. You know, so the fact that there is another game with a female protagonist was something that we were looking forward to, something that we were hoping for, and something that we got. I'm sure that there are people who are hoping that there are less female <laughs> characters, or maybe maybe a series like uh, Gears is very specific. Like maybe you only want a phoenix, right, in in, in the lead because that's like what that game means to you it may be because i'm not i'm not so into gears that i see it as like maybe some people see it as okay there's like a phoenix lineage and then you know those people like that's like master chief is for halo like you don't want anybody else in the lead maybe i could kind of see that but again it depends where you're coming from and i was going to use halo as an example because i'm i have been a diehard halo fan for over 10 years and i don't think anybody has a larger crush on master chief than i do and I do remember playing through Halo 5, and I didn't necessarily want to play as Locke. I didn't want to play as his team. I didn't, But that's because I didn't care about those characters. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'm emotionally invested in Chief, but I wasn't mad about it. I was like, um, but alternatively, when you play as the Arbiter, I love playing as the Arbiter. I think that's a fantastic. So different. <laughs> and it's a character that you care about. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. a different perspective, but you also know this character. You've seen him before. He's important to you. You know he's important to Chief and, and to the story. And so it, it feel to me in that way, you know, I, I can see wanting to see the story from the lead character's point of view that you've grown attached to and accustomed to. But again, I don't think there's any reason to be mad that, you know, you're seeing somebody else's story like it's fiction for the most part. This, these games are fictional. And that's kind of one of the cool things about games is that you can take different perspectives and see the world through someone else's experience. And I mean, I, I wouldn't want the same old thing over and over and over again. Yeah. 
I mean, another big example now is, is Destiny 2, right? So a lot of people are, are just fell off Destiny 2, like our, the whole Geeky Therapy clan. Nobody plays anymore. Nobody plays at all. There's one person who plays. Shout out to Nina. She's the only one that plays uh, <laughs> Destiny 2 still. And it's sad because we played so much Destiny 1 together. And and again, I understand. And then when there are announcements, again, same thing. Like there's a lineage. There's a like you want it to be like the first one. There are things that you expect. One thing, one term that I found when looking at expectations uh, was that expectations are premeditated resentment. <laughs> uh, and I, I think I want to go into what you said earlier. Like, how do we, how can we really improve this, right? Because if you're angry about something, I mean, forget about the fact that whether you're sending death threats or harassing people online or not, like just in general, despite what you're doing about it, if you're feeling angry or you're feeling, what else would be, I guess, really sad, right? I mean, if you're feeling really sad or you're feeling really angry about it, what can you what can you do? And I think this is the same as you would with anything else that kind of makes you sad or makes you angry. I think a big part of that is what you said before about the shitting, right? Like you you believe that things should be a certain way and just coming to accept that, especially after so much experience in this area, <laughs> right? At some point, it's beneficial to you to understand that like, games aren't made necessarily for you and it's impossible for a game to meet all of your wants unless you're Super Smash Brothers on the Nintendo <laughs> Switch and your name is Josue. Other than that, like it just the odds of that happening are very low. So putting all of that energy into again, but beyond the want, it's the belief that it's going to be there without the actual accurate information is it's not going to feel good afterwards. Uh, you know, putting on my, my clinical hat, I can't help but wonder if the resentment that people feel is actually a different emotion, you know, whether it's uh, disappointed or sad or feeling left out or excluded in some way. And because uh, we don't do a particularly good job of teaching people how to recognize and express their feelings, you know, the the only way that it generally comes out is, is you know, you you cry or you scream and you know obviously men don't cry etc cetera, etc cetera. so I, I wonder if it's a large part of that and i'll bring it back to halo for a case example in that the halo infinite trailer showed master chief in his mark 5 armor which was the original master chief like mm-hmm. the halo 2 halo 3 armor skinny master chief skinny master chief master <laughs> chief light and so a lot of the community is excited. The older people like myself are excited because that indicates that there won't be armor abilities because that was in the upgraded Mark VI armor. Um, and it, it signals like a return to the older style Halo games, you know, one, two, and three, bright colors, lots of environments, lots of nature type of stuff. And there was a huge discussion um, going on in Twitter threads and, and Reddit about, okay, you know, for those who you know grew up with like the original trilogy, it's great to celebrate and be happy, but you don't need to go out of your way to like shove it in the face of the kids who came up on Halo 4 and 5 and see that as like the, the you know, OG Master Chief in, in the Mark VI armor. And I'm, I'm glad to see that conversation happening because there's a lot of people in that, in that range who want to see the Chief in his Mark VI armor and they're not getting that and they are now acting out in a very angry um way and so that's that's another example of you just expected that armor to continue or perhaps get like some kind of new iteration that's explained you don't necessarily um expect it to go back to 
a, a more traditional aesthetic. But for some people, that made us really happy, like myself. And for other people, it's going to make them upset. But again, I wonder if that upset is coming from feeling like something that was important to them not was taken away, but was was changed in a way they don't they don't like because somehow it's not what they think the thing is. So look at the discussion we're having. Halo Infinite was barely a trailer. I know. We know nothing <laughs> at all about it, right? And people went into this down this rabbit hole. They're lamenting the loss of the Mark VI. They're rejoicing. And like, you don't know that you got it back. You don't know that you lost it. You don't know anything. We don't know anything at all about this game because they didn't say anything in the trailer. Like, I have a few different theories. Like, how is it possible that we're going back, right? Like, and, and, and some of them make me happier than others. But the truth is that the more uh, weight we put on, again, one, what we want, and two, what we believe is going to be there, or even, like, I haven't even touched on entitlement, right? And I don't, I, I, I want to use that term lightly because I think a lot of things that we, we call entitlement are really, aren't that people believe that they deserve it, right? But it's, it, it looks that way. Right? It's like, no, I need to have this thing. This is what I, it's, it's all or nothing, right? I want this particular thing. And, and like in Halo, like imagine all those fans having those conversations when we really know nothing. We know nothing at all about that game. Except that he's in his, he's in his Mark V armor and he's nice and slim. And there's a warthog in the reflection of his visor. Do we know that it's John's armor? No, but I think that is that is heavily so, so, so heavily assumed. It could be right that there's a Spartan. What was Spartan? Is he? He's from the from what group of Spartans? But from his from his group, the ones that use the Mark V, it could be that there's one of them like stranded on a halo somewhere. It could be a brand new character. It de- well, as far as stranded, it depends <laughs> on how deep you want to go into the lore or not. Um, but yeah, it, mm-hmm. so yeah, there, yeah, again, there's that assumption that I know something that seems really obvious, like this, it, I'm the assuming sound the is telling thing. me it's meant, yeah, but. Yeah, but we don't know. We have no idea. We don't, we don't know. And again, it was like 20 seconds and his, his rear end was in focus for about like five of them. And that's mm-hmm. all, that's all we have to go on. But people are, are making these huge extrapolations out of it. What if someone has like just, just found an old Mark V armor, you know? I don't know. I'm just saying it could be so many different things. And the more we, I guess, believe, again, like, do you, do you agree with me? Like, the more we believe that we know what is what it is, the more we're setting ourselves up for possible disappointment. I would agree with that. But I would also agree that the more entrenched you get, the more likely you are to get into an, a zone where you are going to fight with people. <laughs> and then that belief that you had now, instead of just it being an idea in your head, you that becomes a hill that you're willing to die on. That's a good point. Yeah, that of course can breed resentment. And then if you are right, then you get to crow over it and that breeds more resentment. So, you know, it's, it's fine to have your own thoughts and opinions and, and beliefs. Like I'm, I feel confident that it's Master Chief, but I also at the same time can acknowledge that I don't know that for sure. I would be incredibly surprised if it was not. But surprised in a good way or in a bad way? I, I'd feel a little I'd feel a little duped. Like <laughs> you you played the Halo, you know, E chord and you showed me Master Chief's butt, or made me think you showed me Master Chief's butt. <sighs> I feel I feel a little bait and switch here. Mm-hmm. Um but like it's a trailer. I will move on. Like I I don't particularly care about the trailer. I would like I'd much rather play the game. And I'm going to assume that Master Chief is in the game somewhere at some point. Because it is Halo. 
I think it's a MMO battle royale, and we're all Master Chief, and we can all be whichever one we want. Oh, no. No, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so to bad me, at those. It sounds to me like you have particular expectations about what this game is going to be. That and... are informed by previous games in the series. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm, not coming from mm-hmm, nowhere. Mm-hmm. And my <laughs> and my possible, you know, scenario is not to your liking. And uh, you might have some feelings if it turns out to be, you know, an MMO RPG <laughs> walking simulator. <laughs> Battle Royale. That would be the worst game ever. An MMO RPG Battle Royale walking simulator. Mm-hmm. You know what? Mm-hmm. That exists. It's called speed walking. Is it? Is it though? VR speed walking is that. That counts yeah. as a game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Confirmed. Be your speed walking. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know that this, this conversation was necessarily helpful to anybody. I'm hoping that it was just to kind of like, you know, can we take a step back and think about what it is that's going on when we see other people enjoying games that we don't or when we're really angry about something or when we honestly, like sometimes the, you talked about that hill that we die on. There are times when it's like, no, you are wrong. <laughs> like I've had people tell me that I'm wrong for liking a game. And I'm like, how, what, what, what? How could you, <laughs> what? that doesn't make any sense. I'll tell you that I love this game. Oh. What's the, what's the geek therapy motto? Don't yuck my yum. Don't yuck my yum. Please, please don't yuck my yum. Don't yuck anybody's yum. Why are you yucking yums? Don't yuck yums. Unless it's the New England Patriots and then, or the Cowboys. Don't totally yuck yums. Totally acceptable. No, no totally yums. Acceptable. No yums should be yucked. Stop yucking them. Don't yuck the yums. <laughs> Everybody's happier if we don't yuck each other's yums. I'm just saying. That is very true. It's true. It's true. Well, you know, I'm really disappointed that uh, you didn't join us to watch every E3 conference on our Twitch channel. It was pretty cool. We had people from the community. We watched every single one of them live, and uh, we had the chat. It was fantastic. I, I regret not being there because it probably would have been a better viewing experience than what I had. Also, I would have had somebody to talk Kayla with because nobody was having that conversation with me. Um, Yeah, I needed, I had um, a lot of hype. Nobody was as hyped as I was. So it was was a little rough in that chat room, but it's okay. Mm. Okay, next year, come be hyped with me next year. Yep, absolutely. That way we can get to another another peek at what Halo Infinite is looking like. And personally for me, I'm very excited about uh, Elder Scrolls 6, but I know that that is probably like five years away. So I'm trying not to get too excited about that quite yet. So the perfect note to end on is you're super excited about a logo. And a mountain. There was a mountain. Gorgeous mountain and, and ocean and bay. Possibly a bay. I'm not quite sure. Maybe this is part of the problem with uh, with gaming. Like we're not gonna get that game for four or five years. You know, he said it was next gen. You know, it could be so many years before we get that game, and oh. that's just that's just four years of us filling in the gaps of what Elder Scrolls Six is. Or like I've seen the analyses of where that map is showing us. You know, I have too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, High Rock, right? <laughs> I think we do this to ourselves. (laughs) When you get a bunch of people who enjoy a pastime where they solve problems and and like decode complex systems, of course, they're going to break it down and try and figure out what it is. They gave us a little information and we're just filling in the gaps with our imagination. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Headshots. Um, in future events, yeah, definitely go to our Twitch at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. And you can join our Discord at geektherapy.com slash discord. We're on Twitter 
at Headshots Cast. I'm at Josue Cardona. Kelly is at Kelly and Dunlap. All right, we'll be back in two weeks. You've just listened to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. Discuss this and all the episodes on the network by visiting the Geek Therapy Forum at forum.geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.